0: Their degrees in natural biology and astronomy, respectively, at Somerton University, two counties over. Clay, what's the hold-up? demanded Mr. Williams. The judges are beginning their deliberations now. You know the rules. All qualifying students must be present to explain their projects, or they're disqualified. Noticing Sir and Malice standing nearby, Mr. Simon insisted that the young men enter the gym or leave the school and stop lurking in the hall. Trying his best to dismiss the latest incident in the hall, Dan entered the gym with unusually inflated expectations, only to discover that his science project, the effects of planetary motions on the Earth, was strewn all over the floor. Sir and Malice immediately came to mind as the prime suspects, though it was equally conceivable that any number of Dan's fellow classmates could have performed the disgraceful act. But why would someone go to such malicious lengths to disqualify me from an advanced education? thought the teenager. His science project was crushed, along with his dreams. Dan stormed out of the gym in a rage and stepped onto Main Street. Though it was only 4.30 in the afternoon, the full moon was visible over the horizon. It was winter. Where do I go to calm myself? How can I ease my revengeful mind? Preoccupied Dan's thoughts. Lost in his preconceived schemes of retribution, Dan wandered aimlessly, unaware that he had entered Eldritch Forest. All Latonians were warned from their early childhood never to enter the forest after dark, especially unaccompanied. Some townspeople claimed that the forest was named thus because of its dense canopy which prevented even the noonday sun from penetrating to the forest floor. Other Latonians maintained that the unearthly happenings in the not-too-distant past conjured its name. Regardless of the name's origin, Eldritch Forest was not to be entered. In Dan's state of mind, however, he was oblivious to the fact that he had trespassed into forbidden territory. Dan was nearly fifteen minutes into his therapy walk before he realized that he had entered the forest. He also realized that he was lost. Nothing, absolutely nothing, looked familiar. After all, he had never been in the forest before. Or had he? Now, any eighteen-year-old would never deliberately exhibit signs of fear in any situation, especially when among friends. But Dan was alone. He trembled while feelings of abandonment and isolation invaded his thoughts. He intently scanned beyond the swaying limbs, hoping to spot a town landmark. Regrettably, nothing was recognizable. The stories he had heard from his youth about mythical beasts and demons among the rocks and trees of the forest fashioned grotesque mental images. Foremost, was the tale of a sixty-year-old man who entered the forest twenty years ago, only to escape the hellish place, with unimaginable and horrific stories on how he ultimately rediscovered Lawton. The townspeople laugh at and ridicule the man to this day, and consider him one of Lawton's few mentally deranged. Dan wasn't laughing now. Overcome with fatigue and fright, Dan sat upon a fallen tree for a moment to collect his thoughts. While gazing about, he spotted an unusually large oak tree, which was barely visible due to the dense canopy which prevented the recently risen full moon's beams from penetrating the forest. The teenager peered closer. Something about the tree was familiar to him. He had seen it before, but where? Unfortunately, the unsettling noises of the forest and his recurring thoughts of the woodland creatures which he had envisioned since his early childhood clouded his normally rational judgment to the point that he couldn't recall where or when he had seen the tree before. Intrigued, Dan cautiously rose to his feet and neared the oak. Nearly fifteen feet in girth with massive, knotty limbs and an undetermined height due to the poor visibility in the forest, the tree soared into the moonlit sky. Now, within arm's reach, Dan felt overly compelled to touch the oak, simply because he knew he had seen it before, somewhere. Nearly the exact moment the teenager made contact with the tree's surface, he immediately withdrew his hand. To Dan's astonishment, his hand penetrated the oak's surface. His passion for science, however, fed his curiosity. The teenager extended his hand once again, but this time he placed it deeper inside the tree and for a few seconds longer. The texture of the tree was similar to What the heck? Dan said to himself. A loud screech from behind caused Dan to spin around rapidly, releasing his hand from the interior of the tree. He could actually feel the hairs on his neck stand on end and his heart race. Now there was nothing. Complete silence invaded the forest, which was more terrifying to Dan than the shriek. The poorly lit forest floor offered no clues. No movement could be seen or heard. With great reluctance, Dan slowly turned to face the tree and was bent over to grab his glasses.